Hey friends, it's Jeremy. If you're enjoying the show and having fun, I'd like to ask for a brief moment of your time to leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening on. And for the latest Fantasy Pants news, updates, and other random shit, be sure to check out our Instagram at FantasyPantsPod. by none other than the world's greatest detective, Sturge Man. Why such a high-profile luminary has taken up this minor case is a mystery to me. Needless to say, the folks of the Dinsey Night Market have little to fear. Now that a real hero is on his way. Does storyteller Orin even know who the fuck we are? Throwing shade. Seriously. Throwing shade. Seriously. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> but realistically, he has no idea who you are. Nobody does. Um, <clears throat> Sturge Man, however. Well, I'm, I question his sources, though. Huh? It's quite questionable. It's a, it it's a media blackout. <laughs> David, do you want to talk about hit points, or do you want to talk about NBC's heroes? Uh, oh, oh, you know I want to talk about NBC's heroes, but, I mean, we got no time today. <laughs> and I, could, I could go on for one full hour about Siler and the decisions made around Siler. And no, no, I was going to no. say, I, I can see his brain short-circuiting right now, oh. trying to decide which one he wants to do. I can put on like a 60-second timer or a 90-second timer to see how much... Ooh, how much you can cram in of heroes Dude, into give me 90 seconds. Second timer. Give oh me my god, timer. this is brilliant. This is fucking brilliant. Let's see how far I can get. Let's see how much I can remember about this incredible villain. Okay. Uh, ready? Three, two, one. Okay, so Siler started off as this pretty great villain in the first season. He had the ability to steal other people's powers, right? Um, and he actually was pretty intimidating, pretty powerful. Ended up being like, he got defeated at the end of it, though, right? Story there was great. Let me go into the next seasons. Uh, now, basically, they had to kind of continuously find ways to get rid of Siler because he's too powerful. So in one season, they're over there, and like the main villain's this like, other guy who's some other people's father. And Siler goes and tries to defeat him, and the guy's like, no, you can't defeat me because I'm actually your father too. And Siler's like, <laughs> okay, cool, I won't defeat you. And then it's revealed that guy was not actually his father anyway. It was a fucking lie. So Siler's like, okay, I'll just defeat you now, and he beat him. And the next season, he spent the entire season going cross-country with a little kid to find his real father for no goddamn reason, just so he can get out of the plot for like six episodes. And the next season, they erased his memories for replacing with somebody else's memories and then he got amnesia and was getting back the wrong memories and it's crazy uh, do you have a little time yeah you're at 50 seconds okay and then he joined a circus and I think he became a good guy because they put him in a mental plane for like a while and he just kind of like became a good guy suddenly and done that was 60 seconds that is the arc of Siler can I just say though, wow. Zachary Quinto is fucking awesome oh he, is he was incredible. great I wish the writers did something with he, him he, I, he, he, he took shit and he made something halfway decent out of it. Oh, man. I can't wait to actually like hear that and listen to it because I was just watching the stopwatch the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. Level ups, gentlemen. Woohoo! This is a big one. I Normally, I'm not going to do these spur of the moment on worlds, right? I wanted to make it so level ups will happen, generally speaking, during downtime to kind of explain why you're getting different abilities, why you're powering up. But I felt like this world and the events on it have been so vital to your characters. I mean, you've done things. You've pushed yourselves in different ways that, like, it just makes sense for you to get stronger now. Um, you hit a small bit of downtime here anyway. But after, like, especially Zebulon, you were so close to dying. A fluke of the dice. Yeah. Uh, 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 two and a three on an advantage roll to kill you. And it that, didn't work. That was an intense uh, 
intense combat. Yeah, Ooh. out of out of ten universes, there are nine where Zebulon is not in this episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. I think I think right now you have both of you. Uh, creative play. I mean, honestly, the, the ideas you had were amazing. Should have given you a button earlier. Uh, my brain was in 1,000 places at the time. That's all right. We're going to shit on you for it anyway. It. Go ahead. Please, please. Shit on me because I'm going to shit on you back. Gentlemen. <laughs> but you deserve this level up. So who wants to go first? Because you just picked your archetypes. This is exciting shit. Zebulon gets to go first. Zebulon. All right. Sounds good. Tell me about um, your level up and then we'll roll your HP. So, so I think, uh, listener, the captain kind of uh, had some premonition as to what Zebulon was going to do. Oh. He uh, recently changed his Instagram handle to a, a swashbuckler-ish name. Oh, yeah. Uh, Zebulon's oh, going yes, swashbuckler yes, yes. rogue. Nice. So Hell I've got yeah. fancy footwork and rakish audacity. Uh, fancy footwork makes it so that if I make a melee attack against a creature that creature cannot make an opportunity attack against me for the rest of the turn. Ooh. So I can strike somebody and then get out of there. Wow, and you don't um, have to safely. blow your blow nice. your uh, bonus action on disengage. Yeah, That's I could do huge. like a bonus action dash. I could go wow. way across the map sort you of thing. You can get your second attack off with your, yeah. with, your bon- with your second weapon. That's really good. Exactly, and I can really only use half of Rakish Audacity because the first half allows me to add my charisma modifier to my initiative roll. Oh, but Zebulon's but a bad character. But my charisma modifier is literally negative <laughs> one. Oh, no. Here, let me add my negative oh, one no. to my, my initiative. Um, but the second half is huge. Uh, it reads, you don't need advantage on the attack roll to use your sneak attack damage against a creature if you are within five feet of it and no other creatures are within, are within five feet of you. So wow. if I'm out nice. there solo, huh? Um, I can get my sneak attack damage in. That's amazing, yeah. actually. Yeah, I know. That's why I picked Dang. it. Dang, what's that look like? Is it, are you just kind of like, you're just... You're just Getting so good at these uh, one-on-one fights, you're able to aim for aim for like these vital points. Yeah, it's... he's he's a, he's a duelist now, That's... and and he just he loves the spotlight, and he soaks it all in. So when it's just him out there, he uh, he's in his element now. I love it. I love it. That's so cool. Yeah. Um. Hell yeah. Why don't you grab a die for me? Oh, that's right. What's um, uh What's your hit die? It's a D eight. D eight. So we about ten minutes to find a D eight. Oh, I got one of my spectral craft die here. All right, so to recap, we both ro- roll. Yes. And we take the highest. Take the highest. And are we re-rolling ones or not? Um, Sure. Okay. Well, I think, I think I we rolled ones last time. Yeah. yeah. I think. I rolled a three. Three, okay. All right. Let's see what my Norse no whammies, Foundry no whammies, turquoise no whammies, die has to say no about whammies. that. It's a one. Oh, shit. Wait. Oh, wait, do you want to re-roll it? Oh, yeah, right. It's real one. It's a seven. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. all right. I'll seven. fucking take it. Not bad Zebulon. Almost a good character now. Almost. So close. That was pretty clutch. So close. Um, while we're talking about you, actually, let's bring up your sidekick, Jean Franklin. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm leveling them up as well. I'm going to go for static HP. So basically, he's going to get uh, 6 HP. He has a D10. going to go in like one over the average. Um, so he's going to boost up to, I believe it's 21 HP. Uh, he also gets a nice little ability called Rebuke Evil, uh, basically a, a sort of AOE fear effect with a, you know, not the highest DC to, to pass, but pretty nifty stuff. It only works on evil creatures, but hey, it's useful. It's good. Yeah. Um, you haven't really been able to, like, test drive this baby because he was asleep in a tent during your sort of final <laughs> battle here, uh, but hey, he's there, and he'll be there to be used soon enough. I'm pretty stoked. Um, that means that Jean Franklin and Zebulon have the same HP. Oh. oh wow! Yeah, which is not bad. Yeah, that was a good roll. That was a good roll. It really was. That's both of those are currently double my current HP at level two HP. Yeah, you haven't rolled for three yet. Let's yeah. see. Let's 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 talk oh. about that. Ooh, uh, nice transition, David. Jules. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> you are a level three bard, and you got to pick an archetype. I know today you were mm-hmm. going through all of them literally an hour ago. There are so many colleges that so a bard can be a part many of. Many colleges. Oh my god. And I'm very excited by the one you chose. Um, yeah, me too. It's uh, the College of Creation. Creation. Yeah, I'm the, pretty stoked. Yeah, the huge draw for this was a gigantic buff to my bardic inspiration. Yes. Yeah. Which I think is going to be key in a lot of situations. It's so cool. It's so cool. Uh, so the, big, the, the biggest one here is the mode of potential. Uh, so anybody that has a bardic inspiration die, you get a little mode of potential around you, which 
Um, I think I'm going to call it like a little uh, little golden shiny ring that kind of hovers around the waist. Nice. Oh, nice. So uh, when you use the Bardic Inspiration die, uh, depending on what you use it for, whether it's an attack, uh, ability check, or a saving throw, it does it has a different effect for each one, which is great. I forgot about that. That is really, really cool. That, well, yeah, that's, that's the main draw for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for the uh, ability check... Uh, Bardic Inspiration die can be rolled again, and you can choose which one you want to do. So it's basically advantage on the on the Inspiration die. Amazing. Uh, for an attack roll, what was it? Um, oh, yeah. For an attack roll, uh, the creature that you're rolling it on has to succeed in a con saving throw or take thunder damage equal to the amount of the Bardic Inspiration die. Yeah, really? That's cool as hell. nuts. Uh, for the saving throw, this is this is going to be key, I think. Uh, if you're using the Bardic Inspiration die, you gain temporary hit points equal to the number rolled on the Inspiration die plus my Charisma modifier, which is three. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So that's a, you get a massive of nine suddenly. That's massive. It's huge. Before so, you get hit by a big attack, nine HP to just like block yeah. it, that is crazy. Yeah. Yep. So, so get ready for Zebulon with two swords, sneak attack damage, and thunder damage. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it's it's going to be so good. And I did gain two additional spell slots as well with this level which up. Is which is also huge. I'm keeping those a secret. I'm Ooh. curious. Ooh, okay. So okay. I mean, I'm going to tell Steven. Mm. I'm going to tell Steven, but I'm not going to tell you, David. And Steven will tell me, right, Steven? I'm going to just... Plug your ears, David. Take your headphones off. <laughs> Earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll oh. be a secret, and I'll just... Uh, just Pull them, show up out, pull them out when the time is That's, right. It's so much fun. And you're going to be so pissed, David, and it's going to be wonderful. It's a lot of fun when casters do that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to being surprised. It has happened a lot lately. Um, on the note of you, uh, let's roll that HP, first of all. Oh, jeez. I believe it's also a D8 for you, correct? Where's that D8 from Spectrocraft Dice? Oh, yeah. Right here. Hell, yeah. Ooh. Please roll higher than a two. <laughs> I think two is the one that I got last time. I technically did. It's a three. Ah, oh, shit. Oh. I have gotten... On the bright my side... My last one was like two or three as well. Was it really? It was awful. Damn, why do we roll dice? It was dice? terrible. I know. <laughs> it was terrible. So so now my HP is 14. Oh, my gosh. That's, that was Zebulon's HP at level 14 two. 14 at level three. Yeah. I mean, but you are the support. Holy it it, it makes sense. You're casting from the back. You're you're, mm-hmm. ba- you're backing them up. Um, Damn. And, Them's the, the breaks. Thing, the funny thing is Chester is now level th- uh, level three as well. Uh, he and has we're not 18 HP. Dice for them. Yeah, yeah, he has 18, uh, getting like kind of a, an average. And he gets a pretty cool new ability. Um, basically, he gets an ability where he can, if he shoots somebody... Uh, lands an attack, he can make a second attack for free Ooh, with that same attack action damn. if there's an ally or an enemy within 5B of the enemy mm-hmm. he just shot. Um, kind of like a rapid fire situation. Yeah, it's called quick reload, I believe. Oh, yeah. um, so it's pretty cool. Um, once again, Paul Metzger, uh, Psychics Essentials, thank you so much. Thank uh, you, Paul. Having a great time thank with you. your, uh, your, your PDF. So I wonder if Paul's on Instagram. We haven't like tried to... Oh, I should oh. reach out. Let's hit him up. Yeah, we'll figure that out. It's a cool fella. So, you guys are waiting. The Dinsing Night Market is still setting up for another night of festivities and selling and businessing. What the hell they do over there? I don't care right now. It's daytime. We're setting up. Uh, you know, you're kind of keeping an eye on Kasamaroon, whose hands are still bound. He's still staring down and muttering to himself here and there um, after the events of just... Honestly, maybe an hour or so before. Mm. Um, everything has moved very quickly. And as time passes, a new sort of um, commotion begins. Uh, sort of on the edge of the market, up on the hill, you can kind of make out a number of people are surrounding a figure <gasps> in the middle circle that's just moving down. You see just this, it's this dark me. clad figure in like red leather but from oh far God. away. Red leather, yellow leather? Yes, that, that, precisely, that's, I guess. Zeb, Zeb, keep you cool, keep <laughs> you cool. It's serious, man. It, I, can t- I can tell, I know it. This this crowd uh, is, is moves as one cohesive unit. You see him go down the hill and then kind of vanishing behind the tents going into the market proper, uh, heading towards you. You are by Kasim. You are by the prisoner. Um, and clearly they're filling Sturgeman in on what's going on, uh, quite likely. 
Um, I think Zebulon wants to run and, and intercept Sturge Man before, oh, before okay. he gets here. Yeah, uh, Jules, are you just, are you just, are you just <laughs> let him go on his own, Jules? Yeah. Okay. I'm just like, what? Yeah, go. Go, go, go. Uh, so Zebulon just peels off I'm, and runs. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to go get him. I'm going to go get him. It's going to be great. Just remember, he's going to be up here soon. Yeah, I know. It's just, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> As he's going off, I think uh, Chester and John Franklin round a corner, come by by you, Jules, and they're like, hey, uh, where's Zeb going? And <laughs> just, we follow, the camera just trails after him, following him through the market. Uh, Zebulon, I want you to roll uh, history on Sturgeon with advantage. Let's see how much you know about this guy. There's going to be some base stuff you'll know regardless. There's going to be kind of a base to this history because you would know certain things. I just rolled two 19s in a row. Wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, I think there's a good chance you would connect with Sturge Man kind of a deeper level because he is the most famous rogue luminary mm. there is. And um, I have all of his comics. Of course you do. He's a, that, 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 that marble uh, that marbles antics you, you pulled during the final game. That's true. That, that's classic Sturge Man. See, yeah. basically, what you it's know about Sturge Man. Textbook Sturge Man. Textbook Sturge Man. <laughs> he's a he's what was... they call an inquisitive rogue, which means he's very good at like perceiving things. He's a, he's he's known as the world's greatest detective. Apostrophe after the S because he's the world's many multiple plural <sighs> greatest detective. I'm having fun. Damn it. Oh, Have fun so, with me. <laughs> I, lo- I love that you took took time to clarify that grammar at 7 p.m. so important so important to understand. I mean, it is it really is um there's no there there you know he's well known for like like he can read his <laughs> opponent's actions beforehand and sort of like uh gain advantage against them by just kind of like beating them out at their own game you know always one step ahead He's a brilliant, constantly working mind. And he's also well-known for his arsenal of magic items. He's always throwing them out. Uh, you saw him during the, during the fall of the Sapphire, uh, using immovable rods and connecting them to kind of create a, right. a, 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 yeah. a sort of sort of guide a rails bridge, for yeah. everyone to go across mm-hmm. safely uh, on the land bridge connecting to the Citadel. Uh, he also, I will say with your 19, you know one of his most famous items is he has this big sort of uh, um, probus- pr- proboscis like mask mm-hmm. um first of all sturge sturges you might not know this people might know this or not sturges are a fantasy creature and, and you know pretty common in 5e especially oh. in worlds here like shankavumi i was i was thinking it was like a sturgeon no actually sturges are they are they are like the big, essentially like the... these red bat mosquitoes huh i just thought it was a name no, no, Sturge Man is actually just a very stupid play at a very, very uh, popular uh, pop culture icon hero. It's, okay. So, it sounds to me like right. it sounds to me like show and tell in kindergarten. My mom's a sturgeon. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, works at the hopspicle. <laughs> um, but you know that his big proboscis sort of mosquito looking helm with these kind of big bug eyes and stuff, he, he wears uh, a over his head like this full full mask helm um, you know that it also functions as a helm of telepathy which is a big part of how he gets like his detective work done he can like read people as he's going around read their thoughts um, it's useful very detective. very 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 powerful very helpful um, it's like his he, he has so many magic items he's like constantly reattuning to different ones but this is one that he almost always has active it's his claim to fame one might say yeah I bet reading people's minds so you are heading towards this this crowd. Um, you run up. You kind of like slide to a stop as as this this, this group uh, reaches. You can hear people like, oh, no, 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 right this way, right this way. Oh yeah, it's over here. Yeah, no, we found him. Um, and then the voice ringing out from the others like, "Where is he? Bring him forward to me." Uh, hi, hi, search man. Um, I can I can take you to I. <laughs> kind of apprehended the suspect. Uh, at this point, you're talking, but there's such a big crowd around him. You're like, kind of just like, you're, you you can't be seen by him because you're, you're you're tiny. So you're like trying to say things, but you're like finger up, like uh, excuse me, and like and like you can't get around. You need to do something if you want to get his attention. Hey, um, hey, Shakeman, <laughs> Shakeman, over here. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd, the crowd starts sweeping around you, uh, moving past you. Do you want to like try to ro- run through them and get in, get in the middle? Yeah, absolutely. All right, I, I won't make a roll for it. You're Zebulon. You're 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 small and you're spindly. You're you're dexterous as hell. Yeah, um, my intention is to like stand like right in front of him, like nose to nose. So you just kind of pop, 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 pop through some to legs, sternum, and you pop out of, the, of a bunch of bunch of legs and crotches and whatnot, and whoop, rise up, and you see this this 
big man with this, you know, with proboscis helm. His chin's kind of like his chin and mouth. The only thing sort of showing in is he's got this big old, you know, brick chin. Um, he's wearing this, like, tight uh, red leather armor with these little, like, sort of bat wings under the arms. Um, and he just takes you in with these, like, weird sort of bug eyes that, that cover his face. He's just staring at you. What'd you say? Well, I guess, uh, Surge Man, now that... Now that you're here, I can pass. I can pass the scene over to you. Uh, I was previously uh, in, in uh, kind of in charge around here. It's uh, it's a, a huge relief that you're here. Let me. Uh, I can uh, take you to the suspect. You're the one that apprehended him. Yes, that's right. That's, that's right. how you're gonna do Jules. Zebula, Zebulon, <laughs> Zebulon Black. My me and my partner Jules DeRoche. Um, um, he actually puts a finger up and cocks a head. Black, Zebulon Brass, grandson of Shole, speaker of the ancestors. I know who you are. Zebulon Black, formerly Zebulon Brass. Interesting. You see, third man, no brass will ever be a luminary. He like, (laughs) he cares. (laughs) He just kind of looks at you for a long time. Actually, I think the crowd kind of stops and goes quiet. It's like he's suddenly engaged in conversation. Um, so he looks at you for a long while. His eyes were taking you in. You want to be a luminary? Well, I, I suppose I almost already am. We we won a sponsorship here on on Subsunko, so it's really just a matter of time. Hoping to prove my my metal here. And you caught the perpetrator. Well, that's uh, that's right. Me, me, and my luminary team. And you're sure it's him, Mister? Uh, Could be a red herring, a trick. Uh, well, he tried to kill us, so the Pepper Man. Yeah, murderous Pepper Man. I mean, it was accidental attempted murder, but the first time, the second time was, I think, intentional. Bring me to him. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Do you have evidence um, of his crimes? I mean, I almost, I almost died. So, um, oh, yes. Um, and, and, and we also recorded some of uh, what happened. We have a recording, Diamond. You have a recording? Yes, yes. Um, I, I, I'll, take you, I'll take you there. Now you can, you can meet my team. Um, they're all, they're all so great. Um, he's already walking past you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you know where to go? I'll just, should I follow you or? Oh, he looks back at you and says, I'm the world's greatest detective. I always know where to go. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Serge, man, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and Zebulon runs, runs behind him. Uh, and he does. He beelines with this group right to, um, right to cast. So impressive. Of course he does. <laughs> I, I never would have done a search, man. <laughs> oh, as he gets close, he's everyone back. And everyone kind of moves away. Um, but he kind of like looks, he points to you, Zebulon, and waves you forward. Jules, you're still there with Chester and, and, and Jean. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just moves up towards Kasim. Kasim Arun, if all is true that I've heard, you will be found guilty of. Thanks for a second. Five attempted murders. One murder. Colluding with fey or evil creatures, arson, and a number of smaller misdemeanors. How do you state your guilt? Um, and Cassim just stares at the ground and kind of quiet under his breath, just guilty. All right. I'll be taking you back. You will meet with the council before being taken to Ankarin Sangar, to the Sky Prison. Um, and to this, like, you just see... Uh, Kasim's eyes widen. He looks up in horror. Uh, I think he expected something bad, but I don't think he was expecting the Sky Prison. And I want you guys to roll history. Yeah, I really want to know what the Sky Prison is. Uh, roll history with advantage. I think both of you would... This is something that you might know in the world. And again, I'll give you some details. I got an 18. Okay. I got a 14. Okay. Uh, Zebulon, with that 18, you especially should know about this because... You have some idea of, like, the political struggles Sholei has dealt with in her time as the sort of head of the Speakers for the Ancestors. And one of the more major uh, political battles she's fought has been against the, uh, the use of the sky prison of Ankar and Sangar for the criminals of all the worlds, essentially. So the sky prison is 
Atash's pride and joy in his world. It is this massive flying fortress. I have the name. I believe it's like Seldane Mobs. Uh, I'll have to double check on that. But it's like, yeah, it is, there's an Anchor and Singard name for it. But it's this, it's this massive fortress filled with different demiplanes. Um, basically like, like different tiers for different levels of crime. And it was big enough that like they could use it for all worlds. The Citadel itself is relatively small as a city. And they can't just like play host to every criminal from every world. Um, but they also don't want to trust that a lot of these major criminals, these like, you know, powerful necromancers, dragons, beholders, and the like, uh, will go unchecked in whatever various world they may have come from. So it just seems safest to send them to Atash. Uh, it's honestly one of the biggest plays for power he's had when it comes to the Radiant Citadel, and the people, the populace of the worlds, and they love the Sky Prison. I mean, there's no fortress stronger. No fortress you'd feel safer uh, hiding all the evil of the world behind. You know, with an 18, why Sholei has some issues with it, though. You see, Atosh has a peculiar uh, take on justice. He's a very strong sense of it. When someone is, you just say, killed in pursuit, uh, and they're, they're, uh, they've committed a terrible crime, Atosh is known for resurrecting them to force them to go through a trial. And he's known for forcing them to go through whatever uh, prison sentence they have uh, earned for themselves. So if somebody has earned, say, eight consecutive life sentences in prison, there'll be demiplanes used that will keep their depression of time uh, basically uh, slower. So they will not age as quickly and they will live out that entire period of time it that is just sounds disgustingly yeah. terrifying at, at first i thought that was pretty creative when you were like oh yeah if somebody was killed in the pursuit like bring them back to life and bring them some justice i'm like all right little weird but i guess kind of creative and then you're like eight times <laughs> yeah um yeah no it's it's not great uh but, I mean, like, then again, they're criminals, right? A lot of people in the world, they're very, very okay with it. Atash, when it comes to his moral codes, is rigid. And this is something he strongly believes to be important. That criminals face the full extent of the punishment they deserve. That's what you know. So as Kasim reacts to this news, that, that this is where he's likely going, you see uh, fresh tears spilling down over his already red, tear-stained cheeks. Um, and he's just staring up at, at Sturge Man in horror. But Sturge Man's not looking at that. His attention has turned towards Jules. Oh. His insect eyes taking you in for a moment. You're Jules LaRoche, prince in hiding of the Cerule City State. Yeah, that's me. Prince of nothing now. You have my condolences. Thanks, I guess. Oh, uh, he puts a hand out. Do you have the diamond? With the evidence? Maybe. He grabs another one from his own, sort of like he has a utility belt with all sorts of magical items, and he pops a diamond out of it. If I could transfer, I only need the evidence of his guilt. The speakers want to see it. All right, I'll pull out the diamond. Transfer. Okay. Uh, I'll say he, like, holds it up, and they touch together, and I think... You get this sort of innate as you go to transfer it. You almost like have this weird feeling like, like I imagine it's similar to you editing, Jeremy. You're kind of looking at all the footage in this diamond, everything you've collected. Um, you can feel it. You can sort of like see it all rapidly through your mind, like memories you're playing through. And you can go to the exact spot you want, clip it, go to the next spot, clip it. Okay. All kind of like mental. It takes a few moments no. as you're kind of like working this through. Um, but you can transfer it all over. Can I maintain a copy of it? Or does it move? It does take it. Yeah, there's okay. only one footage. Uh, once it goes so, to the Citadel on the network, it's gone until it, unless the on the Crystal Network itself, at the, from the uh, Ethereal Diamond, there if it goes from there, you could essentially make copies only from that one okay. source. So I just yeah, I just want to give him only what he needs. Okay, great. Uh, and you give it to him. He takes a moment and, and starts watching it. And, like, it's funny because you can't really see what he's seeing. So, like, to you, there's no sound. But you know that his eyes lingering on it will hear everything Kasim is saying. So to him, it's just he's staring at this diamond. You don't see the image. You don't hear any noise. But he's nodding along like he's uh, taking in all this information. 
and just puts it in his pocket. You have my thanks. Uh, you're welcome. Do you intend to be a luminary as well? I mean, it, it seems like it might be in the cards, but... Whatever, whatever comes my way comes my way. Will you be returning to the Citadel? I think that's probably a safe bet, yeah. He's kind of looking at both of you now, like... You have a home there. Somewhere to stay. Your home was destroyed. We, we, we found the comfy spot. And I guess just for the listeners at home, I mean, I figure I know what you're thinking about. What, 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 what do you envision as home? What are you thinking of as home right now? Not a place. I'm thinking of the Cherry Delights. Interesting. Okay. And Zebulon, you too. What do you, what do you consider to be home to you? I mean, I don't think it's home yet, but I'm hoping the Ugly Coyote. Okay. Great. Um, I don't, <laughs> don't, don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Noted. <laughs> um, Great. You think that. <laughs> Surge Man just kind of nods. <clears throat> See you around. And he raises a hand up. And like from like almost out of nowhere, you see like almost a demiplane opens up just above this like magical wristlet he has, and this like rope blasts out of it and just wraps around the rope that's already holding uh, Cassim's bound hands, yanking him up like make, creating a leash. Like it's a it's like the rope trick spell, but like on an item, as he just creates like this rope out of out of, out of you know nowhere, um, and it's like this rope stays and lingers, and he just kind of like yanks on it, just like come, we have a long journey. And begins to market, make his way out of the market immediately. <clears throat> like, too late after Sturge Man <laughs> has already turned around. Zebulon like, jumps up. See, Sturge Man, thank you. Uh, this was, uh, don't forget about us. <laughs> Zebulon Black. Oh, Zeb. <laughs> uh, all right. And with that, you're, uh, you can abandon your posts you know, guarding this prisoner, as you know he is in good hands. I think Jules is finally actually breathing for the first time in a little while. Yeah. He, he wasn't going to let down his guard until that was taken care of. So, I think we can move time a little forward here, um, as the market is still setting up. And you know from experience that it's not going to really light up. Not going to get exciting or fun until 6 o'clock, when the sun sets. And you could watch that whole show again the whole experience the mountains burn the market lights up and during the, this sort of period as you're waiting around uh for this to happen again you're allowed to in the market proper if you want now you are part of the market you can wander around you've already been and you know it shows you are Rhea, and you're more than Rhea now but at some point as you're moving around madam culp will take you aside and just say there's much to do today but i would like it if you would come and meet me and a few others Ah, uh, about 6.15, if possible, in the Spicy Brothers' tent. Zab, you got any plans? 6.15, um... Just um, after the market opens. No, I think I'm free. Let me check. Yeah, I'm free. Okay. What? Actually, I got a thing? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shut I'm up, Chester. <laughs> Chester's got a date, but we'll be there. <laughs> um, great. And so... Time passes, and the mountains burn, and the market sparks to light and life again. So, you make your way back to the market, back towards the Spicy Brothers tent. It's, you know, festive as ever here. Actually, let me change our music to fit this new scene. Okay. And... You move to the market again. People are, again, there's off-worlders that have come in when Sturge Man did. There's later ones that come in at 6 with the 6 o'clock gem. Uh, Ruby that you have missed. If you want to leave, you'll have to leave in the morning. But you'd already kind of committed to that. So, hey, we're good. Um, you're moving through the streets. A uh, number of stalls are closed. I mean, it's a somber air here because Madame Culp's silk, half of it was essentially burned down. Almost all of it, really, had been burned down by the end of the fire. Uh, you've heard rumors that a number of her touch crow caterpillars that she uses to make the garments she sells uh, had perished in the flames. Her caterpillars died? Yep, a few oh, of them. shit. Not all of them, but a few of them. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, Price she's of not... silk is going to skyrocket. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, she's not going to be open tonight. Um, TMO noodles, I think, are still kind of recovering from everything that's gone down with them. And I think they're actually spending time, Lamai, uh, from what you've heard, is spending time with Kusa Zangun and Gemon, uh, helping them to recover, and uh, just wants to stay by their side for now. So, 
Timber Noodles is not open. Um, and of course, Zungood's family seafood. I mean, they've got nothing. Their tent was burned to the ground, every stock they had. And people are, are working to help get them back set up again, but it's going to take time. They'll be back on their feet eventually. Where are we going to buy shrimp cakes then? Well, yeah, I mean, do they have a big, like, stash of the ones that we just made, or are they all eaten? Uh, that's actually going to be um, Sid Squids. Uh-huh. So you'll be able to go there if you want to get some food. Um, but what's funny is as you're moving through the market, you see that more and more of these stalls are actually either closed down or, like, the people that are running them are, uh, like, like hands that you saw building tents or, like, children mm. or, like, elderly folk. Um, a lot of the actual, like, main market folk aren't at their positions. And so you move to the Spicy Brothers tent, very large open tent. Um, once there was a neon lit like pepper sign, uh, currently dark, uh, this single sort of sort of dark uh, sign, and then just this bastion of brilliant lit, uh, lit signs and mascots and uh, you know images of all sorts. And you move towards this one position. Um, what do you want to do? Do you want to just walk right in or knock? You can't really knock on a tent. Uh, I mean, could we could we swish the doorway? You can swish the doorway. Can I don't know what that means. Be like, hey, hey, anybody in there? Uh, come in, please. And you move in. Yeah, it's okay. six fifteen. So. We're expected, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes, six fifteen. Let me open my book. As you move the flap and step into the tent, you are immediately hit by uh, a bright radiance you weren't expecting as the basically the whole tent all around is just like, there's just these hanging pop flowers everywhere, all glowing with their, their nightly glow. Um, and you see the tent is filled with people. And you notice, you, re- you recognize a lot of them. They're all the owners of the various stalls and businesses that you have uh, met with and experienced in your, in your night here at the market in the following day. Hmm. Um, at the head of them, you see Madame Colt. Um, you also see uh, that, 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 that half-orc with glasses that sold you. He, he owned Jollyon's uh, tales and texts. Um, you see Fi from Fi's Flora kind of neatly trimming up one of the flowers. She smiles and waves when you step in. Um, you see, actually, uh, Lamai Tienmo is there right now. Um, Sid Squid. Um, though there is a... Uh, you see this like husky, burly, dragonborn woman. Um that you remember as, as, as the owner of Suwon's traditional weaponry, uh, where you bought a mm. uh, buckler shield for Miskin. Yes. Um, yeah, and there's a number of people you don't even recognize as well, just a, a ton of, of, of various market owners, uh, all here, all supposedly for you. Um, do you say anything, or do you just kind of wait? Uh, Jules doesn't say anything. I think he's a little, little overwhelmed at what's happening. <clears throat> um, Zebulon wants to, like, Really nonchalantly grab some of the loud pop flowers off the <laughs> that are hanging because <laughs> he gave some to the they, little kid. Also, they, they nod and like gesture, like "Please, they're yours." Yeah, so he just like grabs. Uh, I don't want to say a serving of them, whatever. <laughs> one one a serving bouquet. of flowers. Yeah, yes. I'll have one. Yeah, no, 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 I'm just yeah. scarfing them down like fucking. Noodles. I don't know what the caloric value of a serving of loud <laughs> pop flowers is, but uh, so I was just scarfing down some flowers. Um, Madame Culp says forward and just says, I know we talked about uh, offering sponsorship to you in the morning, and we do intend to do this. Uh, we also wanted to speak with you. You had uh, a friend of yours you wish to try to insert in our marketplace, and we are open to a suggestion you might have. But for this evening, we feel there is more reward due to you than a simple sponsorship. Wow. What? I lost, and she kind of like gets a little teary-eyed behind her glasses and starts fogging up a little bit, and she pulls them off and wipes. I lost four of my babies mm. in the fire. I'm, I'm so sorry. Most of my stock. And you, you found the, the Cretans responsible. And while the, the fey creatures may have made their way back into the wilds, Kassim, he will see justice. I, I wish we could have saved more. I'm really sorry. Vi's passing was hard. We will feel it always, and we have sent word out. We're trying to find his... Betrothed? Yes, sorry, I I lose track of words because I'm so old. There's so much (laughs) trauma and stress right now. Yes, it's the trauma and the stress, that's what it is. (laughs) Um, 
So she actually comes forward, and she actually turns towards you, Jules, and she pulls out a present, like a wrapped present, and hands it out to you. What's, what's this? You'll see. Open it. I thought you might like it. <laughs> Excellent foley so work. Zebul- so Zebulon wait, wait, eats that who's, too. Who's got the trash bag? Who's got the trash bag? <laughs> Christmas was not long ago. This is very fresh. <laughs> yeah. All right, I open it. Uh, so you open the you open the present, um, and you see uh, you are looking at a cloak, very much colored like your own that you have now. But this one is made of this fine, fine silk with this like interesting sort of embroidery, this pattern running down it, and it looks almost like like an incantation running across like the the, the bottom hem of the cloak. Wow. It's something I've been hanging on to for some time. I had it colored today to match the cloak you had some interest in when you first visited my shop. I I can't take something this beautiful. Please. The fact that it survived the fire. It is a sign, I think, that this belongs with you. It's magical as well. What? I call it a cloak of billowing protection. Uh, basically, uh, it, it, sorry, it doesn't work quite as I had intended it to work, uh, so there's a bit of a strange drawback to it as, as a cloak of protection, but basically, as uh, you may uh, command the cloak to, to billow heroically behind you, and when it, you do, it activates the magic, uh, which, which should allow the garment to protect you from some, some assaults, some damage. What? Yes, uh, it's... it's um, what, what, what numbers are we talking about here? <laughs> Let's get into the mechanic. <laughs> so I'll tell you right now. Uh, basically, what this is, uh, as a bonus action, you can command the cloak to billow. Okay. While it is billowing, and this also means if you're in windy weather and it's billowing, then too, that works as well. If this cloak is billowing at any time, you gain a plus one to AC and saving throws. Oh, wow! Yes. Nice. So it's basically a cloak of protection, but I nice. want to make it funnier. So it's a cloak. Okay. So he also slapped the cloak of billowing onto that too. So that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> um. Billow is just a funny word. It's fun. This, yeah, it is. <laughs> this, this, too kind. Thank, thank you. Um, thank she you. Nods very, very happily and, and, and starts to step back. And as she does, you see, um, Five from Five's floor steps forward, and she's dragging it. Uh, this is sort of tall, lanky man with this kind of long face with her. Um, and he's got like a number. He's got all sorts of, of necklaces hanging around his neck. Like this, it almost looks ridiculous. Like his whole shirt is covered from different sized amulets. Um, I think you saw the shop. You probably saw this guy before. He's the owner of Vaz Lucky Amulets. Um, hmm. I think I mentioned the shop once before. You probably passed by. I don't think you stopped to say hi or anything. Uh, I, think so. um, I think everything was too expensive. <laughs> but Fi just pushes him towards. Like, it's like, all right, little Zeb, and she like winks and pushes him. This one's for you. And he shoves the guy forward. And he's, uh, <clears throat> yes. We never did had a thing, uh, but Fi here has purchased one of my, well. Most valuable amulets. Wow, it's it's really nice to meet you. Um, and and really the the little stuff it, it doesn't get old. <laughs> I didn't uh, actually say anything about I, that. I, I wasn't. That was yeah. okay. Well, this is awkward here. And he just kind of <laughs> he reaches down and hands you this uh, this amulet. It's just this pendant. It's like sort of this bright orange. I think it's actually shaped um, in this kind of spirally pattern. Um, and you, he reaches out and hands it to you. Um, please, yeah. put it on. Yeah, Zebulon, like, reverently with both hands, you know, holds his, holds his hands out and receives it. Um, wow. This is... Thank you. What, what is it? It is one of the only magical items I have in my wares. One of the only ones? Uh, I call it an amulet of minor confidence. Oh. Uh, essentially, it will is still a, a bit of confidence in its wearer. Uh, make them seem a little uh, cooler, more down to earth in any sort of social situation, or even perhaps on the battlefield. I thought it might be helpful. Well, I mean, confidence I'm okay with, <laughs> but socially, I, I guess I could probably use a little bit of help. Um... <laughs> Well, you'll find, uh, Zebulon, as you put this amulet on, uh, in Mechanics Talk, basically if your charisma score mm. is higher than 12, it'll do nothing. But if it's lower than 12, it becomes 12. Oh! 12? Holy shit! Dude, that is a huge bump 
from 9 to 12. That's pretty good. No fucking way. And I just took Swashbuckler. You know that, right? Oh, you did, did you? Oh, Does that? God. I had no idea. <laughs> Fuck <Man>. you. <laughs> what, a, what a twist on things. It's almost like it's you planned it. like I... <laughs> wow. Um, oh, my shit. God. Well, um, thank you. Sure. But thank you, David. That's... <laughs> That's game changing, right yeah, there. Yeah, it is. He actually gestures to to Vi, like, uh, or no, to 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 Fi, uh, from Fi's Flora, and just it was her purchase. I, uh, I'm just here to deliver it. But still, thank you. And oh. he steps back. Zebulon walks over to Fi and puts the amulet on, and I think as he does, he puts it on. Jules, you're watching from behind. I think you just see him like almost stand a little straighter. He has a little more presence to his character. You're not sure how to, like, note it. He looks taller somehow wearing this thing. Like, there's just more Zebulon there. Zeb, I think, yeah. I think that suits you real well. Looks it, good on you. The, the confidence is really getting to him. <laughs> um, David, what I have think, you done? <laughs> I know, right? I think he's going to pull a, a pretty bold move, and he's going to to uh, go up to Fi and, and, and kiss her hand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's both like it's both like a brave, like bold sort of thing, but it's also like very like humbling. You know what I mean? Oh hell no! To yeah. show thanks, I love it. Um, yeah, uh, she just kind of takes that in and and just kind of smiles widely and just it looks good on you. Then winks again and says, "Big Zeb." <laughs> Gee, oh. thank you, uh, thank you, Fi. Uh, I'm really glad we could. Uh, come together like this and put our differences, our height differences aside. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it carries on like this for a while, each of these owners stepping forward to give you uh, something. You have um, the owner of Vada's Otherworldly Goods, uh, basically a a confectionery shop, uh, brings you this this bag full of their trademark vanilla buns. Uh, It's supposed to be incredible. Yum. Um, Oh, my God. You have uh, a... we got more food. We got more food for Mulligan. <laughs> yeah. yeah for we Mulligan. got more food for Mulligan. <laughs> um, Sid Squid steps forward and he gives you this case of, 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 of shrimp cakes, much like the ones you had before, but, you know, not gigantic. Um, These as well are as actually, perishable. Yeah, the, those, are, those, those are snacks for us on the ride back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he also gives you a walk. Um, like a small A, a small, W-O-K walk? Yes, a small walk. Really? Nice. A travel walk. Really? Yeah. Um, basically, it's a secondary gift. Uh, basically, he says, like, just like... Just so you know, some of the best cooks I've had the pleasure of working with. Nice work yesterday. Any handsy though? Oh man, that's so great. I've been I've been looking at the J. Kenji Lopez Alt Walkbook. I don't know if you guys know it. It's actually it's really expensive, like sixty bucks. But <laughs> speaking of books, um, Jolly on the Half Orc, uh, who owns the the Tales and Texts, he steps forward and he uh, looks at you. Now I remember you had some interest in a, a certain text on Samsunko's lore. Uh, this may uh, help to assist you in, in whatever studies you intend to make. And he gives you a book called uh, When Mountains Rise. And it looks to be a book detailing Samsunko's uh, known history. You know that oh. Fibrosis will lose his shit. Yep. Oh, thank, wow. Th- thank you so much. This, this is going to get put to, put to real, real good use. Hell yeah, he just nods and steps back. Uh, you have Kusa, oh no, uh, Lamai Tienmo comes forward, and she offers you basically not not any actual physical gift, but she simply says, if you ever desire my noodles again, you may have as many as you want for life anytime. Please come back, have as much as you want, bring whoever you want. You saved my stall. You saved my family, a livelihood. I can't Thank you enough for what you've done. Noodles for life? For life. That's, I promise. That's too much. <laughs> I, I couldn't possibly. Well, you, you don't have to eat a lifetime supply all at once. <laughs> I mean, if the option is there, like, how can you say no? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. All right, you make a lot of sense. We lack self-control on this team. <laughs> uh, and, uh... And the last of the of the uh, market owners that steps forward is uh, Suwon from Suwon's Weaponry, who kind of takes in what you got, nods at nods at uh, what your loadout 
uh, Zebulon nods at yours, Jules, and looks at Chester and kind of just like shakes her head, steps back in, in like the back of the room, rifles through a few things, and comes forward with this fine-looking bamboo short bow. No shit. And a full quiver of arrows. Oh my god! Holy smokes! It says, uh, "I love it." So I noticed you're not packing as much as you could be. Oh uh, wow! Uh, thanks. I mean, I'm not really didn't really think I'd be one of the guys, but it's okay, Jules. Of course, you're one of the guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, th- thank you. And he takes it, and he's immediately kind of playing with the string. Huh? You know, I like the feel of this. Well deserved, Chester. You earned that, buddy. With that, I think the night falls into general festivities. Uh, you're given, I think they basically tell you, have your run of the market, um, eat whatever you want, wherever you want, and... and oh, man, just that's have... like... Yeah. That's so dangerous for Zebulon, because <laughs> I can see him running through the market with, like, a meat stick in one hand and a candy apple in the other, just, like, running up and down the muddy stalls probably until he gets sick physically <laughs> physically ill and that's what we see now uh we kind of fade from the scene to a zebulon just running around food in hand just just wild animal no matter how much is in his tummy he's running and he's running he all night long steps between two stalls and begins to vomit <laughs> violently the camera pulls back and up and up and up into the skies of subsunko and night becomes day. Day arrives over the market, over the the jungles of Subsumco, and I imagine we zoom down to a, a scene of you saying your goodbyes, everything all packed up. You probably got loads of food with you, um, all your new gifts, and is there anything you want to do before leaving the market? I, I will say, um, Adam Culp did tell you that she'll they will leave the Spicy Brothers tent open for a time. You seem like you were interested in um, unless you want to pursue one of them as a sponsor, you seem like you had an interest in, in creating a sponsor for yourself, essentially. And they are down with whatever you want. You performed such a, 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 a powerful act in the eyes of the people of the market by helping their family come back together after nearly being broken. Out of character, am I the only one that has thought of Madame Culp? Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning in pretty hard to Pepper's Peppers. <laughs> so, so Jeremy, Jeremy, get this. Wait, did, well, would Pepper know how to sponsor us? So, so my, I guess. So I'll say I'm going exp- to expose my idea, and we're going to really get into this. Okay, yeah, get into it. Get into it. It's interesting. My idea is that Pepper just runs Pepper's Peppers for us, and we and take we over the stall the- and sponsor ourselves. Can that be a thing? I mean, you literally convinced Pepper to lose a game just to spite his allies. Well, um, no, no, he won it for us. I mean, he was on the losing team is, is what happened there. And now he's like off-world. I mean, you basically think you can convince this, this rabbit of anything. Well, but I don't, I don't really see it as like... Convincing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is a good opportunity for Pepper. No, it's, it definitely yeah. is. Um... I think this is us taking care of Pepper. This is yeah. this is us fulfilling the quote-unquote promise that we made without making Pepper another fucking cherry delight. Do you include Jean Franklin in on this on this little scheme of yours? Um, I mean, I don't. He think... does know Pepper. I, 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 I think maybe he would overhear us talking about it, but I, I, I'm not really sure if 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 it's even something that up until now, maybe maybe now that we in person are talking about it maybe now it's something that our characters can talk about but I don't know if it's really been I don't know if it's been said up until now okay might have been a lot of discussing over the night and I will say maybe John Franklin overheard at one point uh, and like moves in closer to you guys you intend to make the rabbit uh, a market stall owner why I think it's a pretty great idea he sort of cocks his head and thinks well he was a farmer on God's breath. And what if you've told me, he would have to run a, a small plantation of peppers if he wants to pull this off. It might be the best for the job. Clever, Zebulon. Very clever. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, I guess I didn't really know he was a farmer, but I just... Oh. 
Well, it's not so clever then. You just shot in the dark. Happy happenstance. Yeah, I figured sales, I mean, I'd imagine he could be a very charismatic guy, you know, with a big personality and all. Eh, I don't know about that. He was exiled from his uh, farm on God's breath for his, uh, well, certain anger issues, but... Well, that's a little troublesome, but uh, I guess that's what HR is for. Be the market's problem now. <laughs> <laughs> um, great, so is that, do you want to double down this plan and like leave your uh, sponsorship open-ended for right now? You can come back and touch on this again. I mean, that's kind of what I had on, on my mind, but I'm kind of just spraying it on you, Jeremy, so. A little bit, but I like it. <laughs> okay. It's creative, I think. I think so. Has that I been done it's... before? I'm sure everything's been done. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, the I, horror I, I NPC like that I made. I like it. I, 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 th- I think the ultimate decision is up to David. No, I'm right. interested. It's I'm, gonna I'm work interested for in he... pursuing this. Okay. Hey, let's bring a little bit of capitalism into Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> it's not that much. It's just a touch. <laughs> just, just a little cap. Just a just touch a of capitalism. And your creativity, your creativity could be rewarded by just generally more gains. Because what's going to happen is when you become luminaries and you're, you know, peppers are selling like hot because you're you're branding them. You're 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 going around. You're talking about how great spicy or how great peppers peppers are. Like, oh yeah, only a real luminary can handle the heat of peppers peppers. peppers. Yeah, do, do what you want to do. It sells itself. Make a Come fucking on. song. It peppers does. peppers well, sells itself. The money you guys make in the market from just like bringing in crowds is going right back to you. Mm-hmm. And you might make a little more money than you would with a traditional sponsor. And free peppers. I guess. For life. Sure. Ooh. Okay. Put that shit on everything. The possibilities are endless. So, they're not endless. Poison so, <laughs> arrows. What? <laughs> um, like aerosol pepper spray? I don't know. <laughs> what? I'm trying to think of how to... to how to use it as a weapon. How to use peppers as well, a weapon. Well, stop it. So, so... We didn't you just an, do that in the last combat? We need an artificer <laughs> to make pepper spray. <laughs> um... Yeah, with that in mind, and you have that sort of open-ended agreement with the market, they're going to leave the stall open for you, and that is that. Uh, you begin to leave the Dinsing Night Market. Uh, as they all kind of gather around and wave goodbye, I, I, you move up the hill, back to the road, heading towards the gem. Uh, you know you can catch the noon gem once again today. It's showing up at noon, and you can basically you're probably leaving around 9, 30, 10 o'clock. It's a two-and-a-half-mile walk there. Do we do we encounter Emin Rath along the way? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Maybe he's next got, arc. He's got poachers to deal with. <laughs> and so you begin to move through the jungles of Subsunko. Oh wow. You begin to groove through the jungles of Subsunko, more like. You are moving down the path. Uh, you are alone at this point, uh, traveling once again towards the the plaza of the, the traveler the, and, and the ruby that should be arriving there shortly to take you home? Question mark. Don't like that. No, I mean like yeah. I don't know if this is your home necessarily. Not for jewels I mean, necessarily. Yeah, jewels. Home, home, home is where my friends are. All right, then home you go. You're moving down the path. Now as you're going, I think you've noticed jewels that Chester's kind of seemed like he's wanted to talk to you about something. Um, I think as you kind of are moving now away from all the people in the market, he finally kind of nudges or pulls on you. Cards to get you kind of to step back a little bit from, from Zebulon and Jean Franklin to sort of have a little conversation with you. What's up, Chester? Yeah, so, uh, Jules, I want to talk. If it's all right? Um, yeah, of course, anytime. What's about the Goyle? <laughs> <laughs> Not ready for the hard oil, huh? <laughs> Yeah, sorry, the what? The, the hard oil? <laughs> hard oil. We got a gargoyle. Well. <laughs> Let's well. talk about this gargoyle. <laughs> Hang on, I can't hear you over the voids. <laughs> <laughs> Damn voids. I want to talk about the goyle. God. Uh, okay. Well, which girl? He gives you this, like, pointed look, like, Jules, come on. Now, we've been together for a while, right? i never seen you like that on Tythos. Jules, you made a song. What's uh? What's yeah. going on? Oh, what's going on? What's going on with you and jeans? Hey, hey, this ain't about jeans. Uh, we're friends, Jules. We're friends. But dance, you Dan- don't even know her. Dance, you know not dance, and I are friends. No, she's, mm-hmm. you ain't. You were enemies. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you was all dancing and singing together. 
Maybe not that much, but you were singing. I saw it. That she was, dragged you away. That was for a distraction. That was just for distraction. Jules? I didn't mean it. Jules. Come on, man. So what the... What? You tell me everything. Well, I can't, I can't like somebody. I mean, I just... I hadn't seen it. On Tythos, you never really seemed to... I don't know. Get around? <laughs> what do you... I guess... How do you know? When, uh... When someone's right. Uh... And he actually is sort of, like, looking awkward in his own way. Um... Kind of playing with his fingers and looking down. You just know it, Justin. If you know... And I kind of... I'm looking to it, looking into his eyes and looking, really looking into his soul to make sure he <laughs> understands that I'm really talking to him. Hell yeah. If, if you know, you know. You see, he, you know, sort of sticks with your gaze for a moment and then finally his eyes flicker away. And you don't miss that his hand immediately moves to a pocket of his jacket, bulging. And you know it's bulging with many exotic silks. <laughs> That's that right. He's bringing back to That's jeans. That's right. <laughs> Little fucking thief. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, while this is happening, actually, uh, John Franklin kind of notes they've fallen back and kind of turns towards you, Zebulon. Well, I'm a little peeved that you left me behind for the final battle and all, but... I'll say it was a uh, well done, this world, this little adventure of ours. Well, to be fair, I kind of assumed that you were awake, but um, I. <laughs> <laughs> you should make no assumptions, fool. <laughs> that you was, go back. That was my first, well, my manyth mistake. Um, <laughs> Did you say manyth? Manyth. <laughs> mistake. That's a new Zebulonism. <laughs> um, I didn't mean to leave you behind. John, it was it was for no other reason than my own stupidity. It's fine. It's all done and behind us. The thing is, I, I like you, Zebulon. I do. You're, well, you're a rough-edged blade, but with some work, some shine, you could be something. I could see that potential in you. Well, well I, I, I think I could get along with you, too, John. Um, I think, I think we could make a good team. Uh, you know, I, I like you, too. Yes, and the important thing is justice was done. That fool, Kassam, will spend an eternity in Atasha's prison, the Sky Prison. Isn't that lovely? Um, justice. I think all I can do right now is trust the system, I guess. I'm a little concerned. Um, Why? Forever? Forever seems... Well, it won't be forever. For his crimes, I imagine it will be oh, a few life sentences. Nothing too terrible. Nothing he doesn't deserve. Zebulon, you understand you are to be a luminary. Law is everything to us. Deserve. If I'm to be a sidekick, you need to understand that that's, well, that's what we do. We preserve law. Like Atash. That is why he's the greatest of all the luminaries. I've told you before, I have a certain number of criminals I intend to seek out. That I intend to make face their own judgment. And someday I will need your assistance in that matter, but it can wait. We need more popularity. We need more pull with the governments of the world if you want to make a move against that particular group. I I think it's really hard to measure punishment. What is right? What is enough? Zebulon, Zebulon. Puts a hair on your shoulder. Don't strain yourself. It's not your problem. John, this doesn't feel right. He stares at you kind of quizzically, and he sort of goes quiet. Almost looks a little disappointed. He's expecting more from you. And I imagine Jules and Chester kind of move back and sort of rejoin the group. Conversation sort of dies down for a short while. And for long, the trees before you part into this open sort of plain with this big uh, stone uh, uh, stage kind of set up in the middle of it, you know, stadium-sized. And just moments after you arrive, in the sky, the ruby appears above you, massive. It moves down 500 feet, 
just resting above the stage where the, where the staircase leads up into the open maw of the gym. That take it, you guys move into the Conquer Jewel? Time to go home, baby. Yeah, we ain't going anywhere else. So we see our four heroes, stronger, more equipped than ever, moving towards what's next, what waits for them at home as they step up the stairs, entering into the ruby, and leaving Subsunko. Hell yeah. And we'll call it there. 